Good morning. How's everyone doing? Happy Wednesday morning. We got, let's see, we got Troy, we got Abe, we got Kyle, Poultry Masters here, Norm Shaver, Austin Foxwell, morning to you, Amanda B, Patty, Periscope, not Mr. Moon, BBD, Kyle, let's see, Facebook, sometimes people chime in from where they're watching, Alberta, Love it. Central Indiana, UK. Let's do it. How's everyone doing? Welcome to Morning. It is my morning show where I talk about everything I enjoy. Bite-sized bits of all my interests. Geography. American history. American geography. Music. Books. Baseball. Boom. At one point, I was very into whiskey in my life. That would have been on here. Not anymore. Not anymore. Don't drink that much anymore. Anyway, hope everyone's doing well. Welcome to Morning Show. It's darker in here. I don't know if you guys can tell. We went to the office yesterday. Uh, we recorded a bunch of stuff from the office. We're going to the office again today, and I had this big old broadcast light that I usually use in here that erases all the shadows and the darkness. Don't have it. Maybe I'll buy one if I keep doing this here because it feels dark. Just uh, an observation that I made. Maybe you guys are making. Someone said they've been up all night. Doubt it. I've been up since 5.30. Told you I'm a 5 o'clock guy now. Took the dog out. We were walking. Bus start, started up. He jumped for his damn life. Like, almost jumped into my arms, and I picked him up. His heart was racing. Buses, just be on the lookout for eight-week-old puppies. You're scaring them. You're scaring them too much it's wednesday wednesday we got talking baseball coming out we got john boy and jake radio we will be recording that at 10 o'clock in the office gonna head there right after this watching baseball we recorded this watching baseball yesterday 2018 nl wild card game cubs rockies the longest the longest elimination game in MLB history, I believe. Longest, uh, something like that. It was cool. It was fun. We did that. And then talking sports. I have them as a Wednesday release. I didn't double check that, but maybe there's a new talking sports out there. And, all right, turning the music off now. Music was Lone Bellow. Turning that off. And we're going to go, uh, we're going to move on. That's what we're going to do. We're going to move on to the weather. The weather is Durango, Colorado. It's 38 degrees and sunny, not a cloud in the sky, which is cold weather, but sunny, not a cloud in the sky. Colorado weather. How about that? Durango, not a coastal town, although there are some rivers here in Durango, but what's weirding me out about Durango is that little island to the right. How did that how did that get incorporated into the town border? The shape of Durango makes no sense. Also, it's right by Lake Nighthorse, which is a cool name for a lake. But what what is this about? How is this part of town? I'm guessing these are all mountains right here, but why don't you just put those as part of the town? How did this little guy get to be part of the town? For anyone that's just listening, not watching, you, you should have been able to figure out, actually. There's just a... An island of land. It's not an island. It's a chunk of land that they say is part of Durango. But it touches no other part of Durango. It's weirding me out. 
Durango rabbit hole I went down this morning. Durango has a old ass steam train all the way up to Silverton along the river. And this river snakes like crazy. Hold on, where was it? Where's this river at? The uh, Arvimas River? Don't think I said that right. I think it's better in this view. Way better in this view. There's a section of this river. Look at that. Makes no sense. Just snaking down a canyon. Anyway, I went down the rabbit hole with this town because it's pretty crazy. They have a train line that you can still do. If anyone lives in this area and got little kids, go take this train ride. I mean, you don't need little kids, but they do Polar Express in Christmas time. But I don't even understand why you would build this train. I, they were going to mining towns to get silver in Silverton. But, like, they had to carve out so much mountain space. It's so dangerous. I mean, I've if you've ever lived in Northern California and driven to Lake Tahoe and taken Highway 50, that's the town of Silverton, which they say really is gets a lot of business because this train just takes people there. That's a lady with dangly earrings. Um, crazy history. This train like was out of business for 30 years because it got fucked up and some rich dude bought it and was like, let's put it back in. And now it's like still a steam engine through the Rocky mountains. This guy does a train show in the description on YouTube. It says, if anyone wants to buy my show, great scenic railway journeys, um, go to gsrj.com slash store. Buy the show. Dude's putting in work, you know? I'm, we're looking at it. So here, this is their telling the story. The train got wrecked, and then for like 30 years, they did nothing, and then no one came. And then in the 70s, some dude bought it. Where are the wild footage? I don't think I'd like this. Also, if you ever lived in Australia, and you go to the... Janolan, Geneva, Geneva Caves. The road to get there is similar to this as well. That road and Highway 50, both equally scary. So everyone, you know, if you're from Australia and you've been to the caves, the Blue Mountains, and then you meet someone from San Francisco, you guys can bond over that. You're like, hey, you ever driven Highway 50? Well, it's just like driving to these caves, and that's something you guys... Find me the good footage, YouTube. I think I'd enjoy it. I don't get it. They said that there's no documentation of when they built this because they just think all the workers like died all the time and they didn't want to document that. But like, look at that. That's scary. I'd be scared. Wouldn't enjoy that. It's kind of cool though. It's like a three hour trip through the Rocky mountains. This guy got his Michael, Michael Jordan eyes on. Whoa. What a shitty job. Just loading coal into the engine. Don't even get to check out the view. Oh, there's some cabins that are all glass. That was cool. So you can look up at how much mountain got carved out for you. Look at this. Oh, is this how he ends every show? 
Okay, need to put the volume on for that, and that's obvious. Well, I hope you enjoyed our visit to the Durango and... I mean, that's awesome. That's just a great, a great final tune he played there. And that's railway music right there. That's never fit any better. What a good job by um, David Holt. Great job, David. Anyway, that's the town of Durango. It's pretty cool, I guess. If you live there and you've been, tell me, does it actually live up to its cool? Does it actually live up to how cool it looked? Because I thought it was pretty cool. But that's the town of Durango. 38 degrees sunny, not a cloud in the sky. The soundboard's pissing me off. And that's all I have to say about that. Random baseball player of the day is... Skeeter Webb. Now, producer Luke and I were going over the names of players, and we saw this guy named Skeeter, and then we saw his stats, and I said, oh, he definitely got his nickname because he was just that shortstop. They just did, like, Skeeter, Scooter. Imagine if Skeeter... And Scooter were a double play partner, and the announcer got to say, Skeeter to Scooter, they turn two. That would be awesome. Maybe they could have played in an all-star game together, but Skeeter Webb kind of sucked at hitting. Um, like, real bad. But he played for a while. I'm not trying to be mean to the guy, but I am trying to be honest with you guys. He sucked at hitting. I mean, his real name was James Laverne Webb. Went by Skeeter Webb. That's obvious. Negative 4.5 war on his career, which lasted 12 years. In 1932, he got one game for the Saint, for St. Louis. He didn't get an at-bat. Just one game. And then he didn't get another. Then he, got, then he didn't play again in the majors for four years or six years. 1932, he gets one game, doesn't get in at bat. He's 22 years old. Goes back to the minors, doesn't play again until he's 28 in 1938. And then when the war broke out in 1945 and 1944 and 1945, he became a starter because he didn't go to the war and everyone else went to the war. So he started some games. I mean, his total numbers are, (laughs) they're mean. I don't want to be mean. His total OPS plus is 48. And sure, if you don't want to judge old players by modern stats, his career batting average is 219 and his career on base percentage is 263 and his career slugging is 268. He barely slugged better than his than his on base percentage. Just a defensive player? There was a brutal quote in a, a World Series write-up. that He played in the 1945 World Series, and um, he went 5 for 27. And one of, the, one of the sports writers wrote, During the regular season, Webb was not a standout performer with the Tigers. He was a fair fielder, but a weak hitter. No one who has followed the Tigers closely this year would have been surprised if Webb had buckled under the strain of World Series competition. However, 
Instead of buckling, Webb played better than any infielder on either club. He made a number of dazzling plays and not a single error. In addition, he hit the ball harder and with more effectiveness than he ever did during the American League campaign. So kind of one of the ultimate backhanded compliments. This dude fucking sucked all season, but he was all right in the in the World Series. Skeeter's like, hell yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks for writing that up for me. The other interesting thing I found about Skeeter Webb is he gets traded to Detroit in 1945. He wins the World Series with them in 1945. And then he married his manager's daughter, which is interesting. Like, how'd that play out? How'd they start dating? I actually didn't, I didn't look all this up. I want to know the years. So, after retiring from baseball, Webb returned to Mississippi. He married, he was married to Olive, you see this? He was married to Olive O'Neill Webb, daughter of Detroit Tigers manager Steve O'Neill. And they had four kids together. Olive O'Neill Webb. How old was she? Don't don't give me a creepy age here. Um, I guess we're not going to be able to look her up. How'd that happen? Manager must have really liked him. Couldn't hit a lick. Olive O'Neill Webb. Olive O'Neill Skeeter Webb. Let's see if we can find anything. You run the risk of running into some sketchy shit. Like she was fucking 15. Skeeter Webb was born in 1909. Okay, we all remember that. What is this? This is just a different version of Wikipedia. It's the same exact It's the same same exact text but not Wikipedia somewhere else. All right. Let's see. Oh, we got his obituary. This turned morbid. Died at 78 years old. Skeeter Webb, shortstop on the Detroit team that won the 1945 World Series, died Tuesday in Meridian, Mississippi, a native of Meridian. He spent most of his life there. An agile infielder, he was used as a utility player throughout a 12-year career in the major leagues, a career that ended with a disappointing season with the Philadelphia Athletics. Released from Detroit at the end of the 1947 season by his father-in-law, Tigers manager Steve O'Neill, he was signed by Connie Mack. Okay, so he got married while he was a Tiger. So he married his manager's daughter, while he was his manager. And then the, then they had to release him. Interesting. Super interesting story. That would be kind of wild. Today's day and age. It would be a headline. Training camp went well, but in the regular season, he went into a batting slump. His average skidded to a dismal 185 in the early games. At that point, Connie Mack called a, called a halt. He announced that he was benching his son, early Earl Mack, the Athletics' 56-year-old first base coach. What? And sending Skeeter Webb in to replace him. Connie Mack's son played for him and Skeeter Webb played for his father-in-law? What was baseball? Earl Mack was a 56-year-old first base coach that also played for his dad, Connie Mack? Is that real? Earl Mack. Baseball reference. Is this something I should have known about? Earl Mack. Okay. Did I read this wrong? It says, at that point, Connie... Oh, we can zoom in. No, we can't. 
don't know if you can read. It says, at that point, Connie Mack called a halt. He announced that he was benching his son, Earl Mack, the 56-year-old first base coach, and sending Skeeter Webb in to replace him. Oh, he was he just replaced him as coach? He benched his first base coach? What did his son have to do to be in such shit to get benched as first base coach? First base coach does nothing. He just kind of stands there. It's the perfect job to give your son who you don't like that much. Earl must have fucked up. Connie replaced him with Skeeter, Skeeter Webb. Skeeter would coach, Mr. Max said, and still be available to play at first, second, or shortstop. Oh, it's kind of a double insult, man. He took his son, Earl Mack, off the first base coach duty, said, get out of here, son, you're a chump. Told Skeeter, who's supposed to be a player on the team, hey, man, I know you play for us, but now you're going to be our first base coach. Kind of a double whammy insult right there. Like two tough conversations to have. Connie Mack, you bastard. Damn. Coaching at first, Connie Mack declared, is not an important job, but we must have a man there. Webb will always be ready to fill in in the infield. Of so- this is a rude obituary. We're just kind of talking shit about a lot of players. Like, why would you put in this dude's obituary that Connie Mack moved him to first base coach while also saying first base coach isn't an important job, but we have to have someone do it? Why didn't we talk about the World Series win yet? Obituary is brutal, man. Well, now we have to keep reading this because there might be more insults sneaked in. The vener- the ven- venerable, uh, the owner added that Earl Mack would sit on the bench with him and be his advisor. It was time that he did so, Mr. Mack said, adding, you must realize the boy is getting up in years. He was 56 years old. He's, the boy is getting up in years. Earl Mack was 56. So I guess it wasn't an insult because he was like, you're now the bench coach, which is a promotion. Why are we talking about this in Skeeter Webb's obituary? Toward the end of the season, when Connie Mack, a man with a reputation for holding on to each and every dollar, looked at all the costs of a player coaching at first versus his son, he released Skeeter Webb. What are we doing? Obituaries are supposed to be nice, man. So now Skeeter Webb gets released of his first base coach job because Connie Mack says it's not worth paying him. Mr. Webb went on to the minors managing the team in Madisonville, Kentucky. He ended his career managing the Colorado Springs Club in the western part of the Chicago White Sox system. In the years that followed, he served as a baseball scout and worked for Meridian Companies. Mr. Webb, who played college baseball at the University of Mississippi from 1928 to 1930, started with Springfield in Triple I League. After four years in the minors, he was brought up to play with Cleveland in 1940. He went to Chicago and played for the White Sox until he joined Detroit in 1945. He played in 699 games and established a lifetime 219 batting average. Surviving are his wife, Olive O'Neill Webb, uh, all of his sons, a funeral scheduled for three. Did they even mention that he won a World Series? Uh, Shortstop on the Detroit team that won a World Series. I don't know. Is it just me? That that reads like a tough obituary. Why was there so much talk about Connie Mack being d- dismissing him? You could have left all of that out. Anyway. 
I was looking at the 1945 World Series because there's image of Skeeter Webb playing, and I tweeted out some stuff. And uh, look at this outfield play. It's just brutal. Miss that ball, and then this guy's going to stumble over his feet. This one just straight up misses that ball. This guy misses that ball, got stuck in the ivy at Wrigley. They let that drop in between them. And this that was a nasty hop. That last one's such a nasty hop, but still. Outfield play was brutal. The other thing I thought, I tweeted a bunch of stuff. They did like a little like talking about Wrigley Field. And then they did, uh, they were like, hey, and next season, these good players that have been in the war will be back. As audio for this, if anyone wants to hear it. Look at some of the American League players recently released from the armed forces. Here's the slugging Yankee outfielder, Charlie Keller, back again with the swing that made him famous. Luke Appling, shortstop of the Chicago White Sox. Bob Feller, pitching ace of the Cleveland Indians. A headache for any big league batter. Buddy Lewis of the Washington Senators. Sam Chapman, outfielder of the Philadelphia Athletics. And young Dave Ferris of the Boston Red Sox. A 21-game winner his first year. Recently released from the Army Air Forces. These and many others will be back with us again next year. Kind of funny. Not funny. Interesting. Like... Hey, I know we were enjoying the 1945 season, but don't forget, all of these guys will be back. Baseball going to have to run that again. I know we didn't have any baseball in 2020, but Mike Trout, Garrett Cole, Verlander, Bellinger, and Rendon will all be back for the 2021 season. Maybe, unless we fuck that up and strike it, maybe they'll be back. Uh, so that was, that was, um, what's his name? Skeeter Webb, World Series champion. Um, and then, you know, all the important bullet points in his life. World Series champion, married his manager's daughter while playing for the manager, traded, and then Connie Mack, uh, just fucking insulted him the whole way through. So those are, I guess, I guess those are the most important bullet points in his life according to the obituary we read that I think was in bad taste. Manager's daughter. Who are his teammates? Saying like manager's daughter probably usually going to go for good guy on the team. Skeeter Webb hit 180. You got to worry about wonder about her confidence. That's so mean. I'm done. And that's all I have to say about that. I grabbed a book off my bookshelf today, and it's this one, because it's kind of interesting. James Franco wrote a book of short stories called The Palo Alto Stories. And I like James Franco. I like James Franco. Uh, I like his work. He does the, he's funny in comedies. Like, this is the end. And the North Korea one and Pineapple Express. And then he makes all his like art house movies. And some of them are good and some aren't. And then he wrote a bunch of short stories. And I remember reading it because it's called Palo Alto. It's about coming of age stories and high schoolers in his hometown. And coming of age stories always interest me. But I I read this a long time ago. I don't really remember. But uh, I remember there being some fucked up stories. Like, you know, drunk rapes at parties or, and like 
accidents and deaths. It's like, whoa, this is not like fun, wholesome coming of age stuff. It's like fucked up life coming of age stuff. That's what I remember. They made a movie out of this. I watched that and I forget everything about it. So, so I don't know if anyone, this is a weird one. You know, I've been excited. I've been enjoying that whenever I talk about a book, there is someone that's always read it or knows the author or talks about it with me. Like we did Ted Kuzer yesterday, shout out. And there's like some comments and some DMs like, Hey, read this one, read that one. I like Ted, all that shit. And that's cool because, uh, Probably the book is the lowest common denominator on this show. Not everyone likes reading. But this, I think I liked the movie. I just remember this book being more fucked up. It's a bunch of short stories. I uh, underlined one line in here. And this is back. I probably read this. When did this come out? It's hardcover, which means I bought it right when it come out because I fucking hate hardcover and I never buy hardcover unless I want to read something pretty quickly after it gets released. Uh, when did the 2010? So I was still in college. So I was much younger. This quote, I guess in some people's lives, I guess in some people's lives, no one tells you what to be. And so you be nothing. That's the kind of characters he wrote about in this book. But, uh, I think that's somewhat true. Like self-fulfilling prophecy is a pretty real thing, right? People that study brains have uh, decided, they've all decided that self-fulfilling prophecy is, is good. So go tell your kids they can be anything when they're really young. Tell, tell them they're smart and shit. I think it's very important. My mom instilled confidence in all of us, probably like too much confidence. But she said she grew up with no confidence, always scared to do anything, and that she didn't want her kids to be unconfident. So she would just hype us up. My mom was like our biggest hype man. She would just gas us up all the time. She'd like, oh, Mom, Joey didn't invite me to his birthday party. And she'd be like, what a fucking idiot. He doesn't want you at the party? Why wouldn't he want you at the party? His party's going to suck. You're not going to be there? That's honestly what my mom would do. And I was like, whoa, okay, Mom. Okay, sorry. Joey's cool. It's like, let's not go too hard on him. But uh, I think that's good. So what was the quote? I guess in some people's lives, no one tells you what to be, and so you be nothing. Sad. Not as sad as that obituary we read. And the obituary wasn't sad because he died. It was sad because they said mean things about him in his obituary. And if you ever hear me say wed instead of red, you can't make fun of me legally because I had a speech impediment when I was a kid, and they would take me out of first and second grade, and I would go to a trailer in the back, and a lady would hold my tongue down and say, go, ah, and then I had to work on my R's because I had a lazy tongue. So if you ever hear one of those little whale woad, just know you can't make fun of me. Okay. You can, I don't care. Uh, James Franco in 11, 2263 says, Perdue, bro. Yeah. I love that series. I think I've talked about when I, that when I talked about um, Stephen King and how I like, TV shows built off of his shows. 11, 22, 63, he goes back in time to try and stop the, the Kennedy assassination. I love that. I love that series. That actress, so pretty. Um, all right, I'll look at the chat for a little bit. I mean, really only like two minutes. I misspelled fans. Did I misspell something on tweet? Tweeting's a race, man. I did read misspell fans. You're right. You're right. Good job. Good job. Good catch. Good catch. Misspelled fans. 
James Franco, you're how old? I don't understand the comment there. Is that a comment because James Franco hooked up with underage girls? Or or are you saying that I'm too old to read a book by James Franco? Because I was only 20 when it came out, so boom, in your face. Uh, let's see what Facebook's up to. Morning from Maine. Hey, John Boy. How's Duke? How's Duke? Duke's is good. I told you at the top of the show, a bus scared the hell out of him this morning. He did not enjoy the bus scaring him. Uh, but he pooped outside twice already. So that's huge. Um, I tell my daughter the same thing about other mean kids. It's because they're jealous and insecure that they make fun of other kids. Yeah. My mom would tell us, she would gas us up, like I was saying, and then she would say, don't be mean to anyone because you never know who's going to bring a gun to school. And that was kind of morbid of her. It was very morbid. Um, and that was like, I think Columbine was really the only school shooting. And, you know, now it's crazy. This was way before everything got crazy. But that was like what she'd say. Be nice to everyone. <laughs> Dude, weird. My mom, weird. She's awesome. But like she, the news. So I think Columbine, I think like those kids like spared a kid because he was nice to them. So I'm almost like, be nice to everyone. You never know who, who who you want on your side. Those are like the two two big things. Good lesson. She might have, could have just ended it at be nice to everyone and not done the, you never know who's going to bring a gun to school second follow-up, but whatever. Um, John, what do you think about the 76-game proposal? We just, uh, in talking baseball, we did all of that and and... I'm talking the Yanks will do it, and we have talked too much about the proposals, but I think that the owners are just going to keep going and going until they get down to 48, and that's what they want. Boom. My evening from Bangkok. That's awesome. Good evening in Bangkok. Is there anything behind the places and weather, or is it just a random thing you started? Uh, just a random thing I started. It started as I was just going to say the weather in a random place as kind of a joke and like very quickly just say, the weather in Eugene, Oregon is 45 degrees and cloudy. So everyone tuning in, and then I was just going to quickly move on. Then I think one town, I like read the Wikipedia, and I was like, whoa, that's badass. And now we're just learning about little towns and what they have to offer us. So... Like I say, I enjoy that a lot. And producer Luke says his favorite part is the geography, right? Yep, shaking his head yes. So it's staying. Now we all learned about the steam train in Durango, Colorado. Oh, Durango, Colorado was named after Durango, Mexico because they wanted to build the train from the middle of Colorado all the way down to Durango, Mexico. But they couldn't because I think that was too far. So they just stopped like three hours away in a different part of Colorado and just called it Durango. Well, yeah, we still built it. We still built it all the way to Durango. Just, oh, you were thinking Mexico? No, we created a new town. It's called Durango, Colorado. It's much closer. It's much quicker. All right. This is the Lone Bellow. Lone Bellow's first album is pretty fun and good. Woo, so loud. Sorry about it. See you guys. I'm on my way to the office. We'll do John Boy and Jake Radio in an hour. Peace.
The ending of that song kind of sucked right there. I was waiting for them to sing again, but whatever. See ya. <laughs>